You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home. Chicago. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast following Monday Night Football. Bears lose to the Vikings in a very, very uh, interesting fashion, I guess is the nice way to put it. Um, The realistic way to put it, I suppose, would be that the Bears lose to the Vikings in a pathetic fashion. In a fashion that really, I mean, makes your blood boil. I mean, if you're not upset about this loss and the way that it went down, um, I, I think you got to question uh, how invested you are in this team. And obviously, we made a podcast about this team, so maybe we're a little more invested than others. But uh, you lose this game 19-13 on Monday Night Football against the Vikings team that you have, over the last two or three years, dominated and handled with ease. And you lose to them without really putting up a fight. Uh, it's 19-13. You don't score a touchdown until the third quarter. It's your only touchdown, and it's on a kick return. The offense gives you nothing. You get two field goals in the first half, uh, and you get no points in the fourth quarter, despite the Vikings begging you, literally begging you to beat them, and your defense showing up and playing and balling out. And the offense gives them nothing, and it was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic. Kirk Cousins gets his first win on Monday Night Football on his 10th try, um, and it was brutal. You know, new play caller, same old Bears. I tweeted that last night. I stand by it because you just got absolutely embarrassed, and yeah, I mean, you, you got nothing. I, I have no faith in this team. You're 5-5, five and five, uh, and there is I have no faith that this team makes the playoffs now. It's time, guys. Uh, let, let me, for, for those of you who know the Avengers, you're going to get this, uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of research trying to, you know, find a way to, to spin this now that Mitch, I believe is going to be the starter against Green Bay on Sunday night. And here's, here's what I kind of, have you guys seen the Avengers, both of you, Jake and Chris? Of course. Familiar? Oh yeah. Okay. So, oh yeah. So look, preseason. Okay. You know, you guys remember this scene, Dr. Strange. 14,650 possibilities, right? Only <laughs> one of those possibilities, Super Bowl, okay? Um, and just as it happened in Avengers Infinity War, Mitch Trubisky, you could say, is the Avengers. They got demolished in Infinity War. Mitch Trubisky got demolished. He got benched. Um, he lost, essentially. But now, he's in the end game. He's in the end game. He's got six games to write the end of his storybook with the Chicago Bears and how perfect of a final chapter would it be if Mitch Trubisky goes 5 and 1 I won't say 6 and 0 oh, but goes 5 and 1 gets the Bears to 10 and 6 gets them in the playoffs who cares about what happens in the future with him it's about this year he does that it's it, I can't get over that thought I can't get over that thought that he comes back and he puts on this run and I, I and I don't know if I'm crazy 
I probably am. I know I am. Actually, I'm probably being too optimistic. But you know, Mitch is. It's it, he's going to have the opportunity. You know, I got to say the Foles injury. Uh, it deflated me. It took a lot out of me. That really hurt to see him get on the cart. So prayers up to Nick Foles. Uh, you know, he's just trying to do his best out there. But. Man, I mean, I, I Mitch, he's going to have his chance, and, and Jake has been clamoring for it. I think about 90% of Bears fans are clamoring for it. Uh, so he's going to have six games now to rewrite his story with the Chicago Bears, and how perfect would it be if he if he does that and, and leads them to the playoffs? So I'm, I'm, I guess that's what I'm trying to say here is that's kind of the last glimmer of hope I'm, I'm, I'm relying on here because there's really not much else you can find, not much uh, hope you can find with this offense, the way that they've played. So that's what I'm clinging on to, guys. I think, yeah, that that really is your last hope, um, technically. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, it, th- there's not much Mitch Trubisky could fix, in my opinion. Um, you know, they, look, you changed, um, you know, the offense didn't look good early on in this season. You made a QB change. The offense still sucked. Oh, they did. Um, look, they looked fine. They looked fine. Let's say they looked fine, right? When? The fir- er- when? early in the season with Mitch. Uh, early in the season, they I looked mean, average. And what do we say, Chris? What do we I say know, about man. average with this team? I don't know. It, I'm a, I'm just gonna say this, man. I really don't think you make a QB change if your offense wasn't terrible at the time. And we were. I mean. The Lions game definitely wasn't good, so I mean, I, I mean the second half, I guess, but I mean, I I get where Kevin's coming from as far as you, Mitch, opened the season, got you wins, and then the Falcons game came around, and all of a sudden things. Some, I mean, we knew Nagy was looking for a reason, and then he, you know, one interception, one bad interception, gave him enough reason. Um, and now you had four straight losses by full. So you have to have that same objectivity. Um, you know, I know I had said that that earlier this season that, you know, you keep flip-flopping quarterbacks, you're going to lose the team. And that might still be true. But now the thing is you might have to because, you know, this Foles injury, he had to get carted off. Nagy said today that now it doesn't look as bad as it initially looked. They don't think he's going to be as hurt. But the fact of the matter is he still is probably going to be hurt at least miss one game. And even without that, he was ineffective. He had barely over 100 yeah. yards, couldn't lead a touchdown drive. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to go to Mitch. And unfortunately for Mitch, it's going to have to be against Green Bay uh, on Sunday night football. But that's just the <laughs> fact of the matter. That's the cards you're dealt. And now you got to see what you got. I mean, I, and I, like Kevin said, I was ready to go back to Mitch last week. Unfortunately, he was still hurt for this game. And now... Here you are, you have not a great schedule left. I mean, you have the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Oh, oh wait, you have the bye. Duh. Um, but that being said, uh, you have then the Lions, who, okay, beatable. The Texans, very beatable. Vikings, I can't really tell who they are. Um, the, you lost to them last night, but they didn't look good either. So it's super – I mean, you were able to hold Dalvin Cook under 100 yards on 30 carries, so that's a win. Then you have the Jaguars, who are very bad, obviously. And then you have the Packers again, as usual, to close out the season. So I I see three and three, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's worst case scenario. So it's like well, worst case scenario is lose every single game, but I think yeah. 
like Kevin said, best case scenario is five and one because I don't think you're beating the Packers twice. But I mean, I think three and three, maybe four and two is most realistic. Because the thing is, what did we see change last night? I didn't see anything that changed yesterday, with, even with the new no. play call. I saw I mean, nothing. Here, that I, I, oh, here, wait. Actually, here. I take that back. We saw the screen plays on first down instead of third down. Woohoo! <laughs> look, look, I honestly think. Um, in that first half, the play calling was much better, much better. Mm-hmm. Like, there were guys open for days in that first half. Like, Nick Foles was missing guys. Um, you know, a couple – we ran a couple plays yesterday that we've that we've run previously, and they did not work out as well. So, um, you know, like, it was, it was encouraging to me at least, um, you know, in the first half. And then second half rolls around, it's just same old, same old um, – you know, offensive line looks like looks like garbage. Nick Foles, I mean, only God knows what he's doing out there. Um, and then, you know, the receivers are, are not really helping out the quarterback either. So it, it's just, it, man, th- there's so many things wrong. And I'm 100% certain that Mitch Trubisky is not changing a damn thing. And as much, look, I, I want him to play. I want him to be the guy because, like I said earlier, like, if it's down to Foles or Mitch, and with my logic that, you know, it's not going to get better either way, I'd rather just go down swinging with Mitch. So I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but, like, my expectations are genuinely probably in hell right now. So I just – I don't know how people are still saying – like, I don't get it, guys. I mean, how can we still say that nothing's going to look better with Mitch? I mean, I don't – I still don't understand that argument. I really don't at all. I mean, you, you look at what he did, and, and now you can't use the excuse anymore. The Vikings are not a good defense, whether you like it or not. They're not a good defense at all, really. Uh, and, and the Bears couldn't do anything against them. So you can't just use the excuse now that, oh, those stats comparisons between Mitch early on and Nick Foles uh, when he was playing are due to good defenses. You can't use that anymore. That's not the case. Uh, and I true, I mean, I mean, how many times did Jake Texas last night saying, oh, you know, Mitch runs for a first down there. And guys, it's not just the legs. I'm telling you, it's not just the legs. I know everyone says, you know, that's the thing that all these Trubisky truthers die on is just his mobility. That's not just the case, guys. I've said it before. It's about the energy. I mean, the pure zip on the ball that he has. Uh, you, you saw that kind of floater that Nick Foles threw to Allen Robinson that got broken up by uh, Harrison Smith, a little he bit really more zip got on that ball. head taken off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, that's a play that Mitch Trubisky makes because he can throw the ball a little bit faster than Nick Foles can. I mean, no, I don't. I, I agree I, with you on this front because I'm not. I'm not with Chris completely on that. Nothing changes. I am just pessimistic on that. You can still get wins with this play calling because um, the sure. defense. The defense is going to give you the opportunities. We saw it last night. Delvin Cook is in the MVP race, and that and the defense swallowed him up, and that was with missing Akeem Hicks half the game. Um, so I I think the opportunity is there with Mitch for sure. My thing is just is the rest of the team is, is specifically the coaching staff going to give you similar opportunities because that's what scares me about this team. I think Mitch absolutely gives you the better opportunity to win, which is so weird because that's exactly what I said about Foles and before the season started. But I mean, I, I just, I'm not confident in the rest of this team. I'm not confident in Anthony Miller being able to suddenly catch the ball all of a sudden. I'm not confident in the running game finally finding its legs. It's just, there's other issues sure. um, that I think, but, but that being said, putting Mitch in there gives you one less issue to worry about. So yes, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one I mean, less issue. So that's, I mean, give it to sure. Give me Mitch because I mean, at this point he gives you the best opportunity to win. I don't know, man. I, I don't know right now. I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It feels like the offense is so bad that, it, you know, even though we've seen Mitch play bad, that it's so gloomy that we think Mitch is going to be some savior. Listen, guys, there's a reason he was benched, and I know. Yeah, no, there's not. There's first. not. Though, there's Chris. absolutely. That's what I'm listen, saying. listen, 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 listen. Please tell me why was there a reason that that Nagy uh, uh, pulled Mitch Trubisky at the very first opportunity? Why was that even a thing? To coach for his job. Mitch Trubisky is good, or, or or what is it? Like I don't get it. I, to I save really his job. It. It's about the two players. It's, it's I mean, not. It wasn't about a true evaluation of how the guy was playing and what was best for the team. It's about he liked Nick Foles better. He thought Nick Foles would be better for the system. So the earliest we we've said the earliest moment he could, literally the first opportunity he had that was justifiable in his mind to pull him, he did. So there, there no, like Mitch I mean, was not playing. It was, it was to save. It was to save his job. Nagy I mean, knew coming I mean, I into guess. the season that this was going to be his hot seat here, depending on how this year went. That would determine if he was here next year or not. We knew, like Kevin said, we knew he liked Foles. We knew he was comfortable with Foles, whereas Mitch was kind of a coin toss. So he job at the first opportunity. We assume that Nagy was like, all right, Foles is a safer option for me. I can go in there with him and work with him better, and I and I can click with him better, which obviously wasn't true as they were arguing on the sideline for four weeks. But you know, Nagy knew coming into the season he would have to coach for his job. And so he was always going to be looking for that opportunity to go with Foles, thinking that he was the safer option. And now here you are, you got to go back to Mitch, and you're really coaching for your job uh, because I mean that has been turned up to a ten now. I'm just I'm just confused on what we're really expecting. Like what what is I mean what are your expectations? Like what is going to change with Mitch? I mean, I mean my I, I expectations don't, are Chris. They're, Not they're, 165 like offense, yards of offense in a full football game. That's my expectation against a crap defense. The Jets. The Jets. Yeah. The freaking no, Jets. No, no, no. But and, Chris. And listen, listen. It's not as much as we want to blame the QB. It's so much more than the QB. And you guys both know it. We all know it. I agree with you. And I agree with both of you. That's why, like, I, I, like, you guys are right. Like, I hundred percent like see the argument about why you feel Mitch would be a better option, but Mitch can be a better a better option, and the Bears still stink, and that's kind of my point. Like I just don't see how you know he's gonna elevate us to level or whatnot. Like it's just you guys get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this is my thing. So like my expectations, I'm not thinking you go in there with Mitch and you get a Super Bowl. I'm thinking with you put Mitch in there. And he performs, at least gives you some semblance of life from this offense. You can score more than 13 points. You can score a touchdown in a game. You can pass for more than 100 yards in a game. And you can show some semblance of an offense. And then, hopefully get you to 8-8. Eight and eight. I'll even take 7-9, fine, whatever. But, shows you enough that you say, okay... We bring in a new coaching staff, because I think that's going to happen regardless. Because I don't... I I... Could absolutely see the Bears going on that miracle run. Sure, it's possible. But the more likely option is 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and eight. You clean house, and you could say, all right, Mitch showed enough in these last six games. Bring him back on a one-year. Maybe draft a quarterback in third or fourth, somebody. But 
shows you enough that you could say, all right, we'll take someone else in the first round. There's still this window that we can capitalize on. And you come in with a new coaching staff who's confident in Mitch, who's confident that he can work with them and see if you can make something happen while in the last year or two of this championship window. That is this championship defense. That's my expectation. I'm not expecting yeah. I, my expectation. Would I love a miracle run? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Everybody would. But just show me signs of life. Show me something that I can get excited about for next year when you bring a new coach from from the Bills or from Kansas from where or the Seahawks, wherever. And just give me something that I could say, okay, point to that for next year and say, this is something that we can get excited about. This is something that can bring the Bears back to a playoff caliber team with the right coaching staff, with the coaching staff that actually knows how to use their players. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, Chris. Do the Bears have worse skill position players, worse skill players than the New York Jets? Do they have um, a worse quarterback than the New York Jets currently, who is Joe Flacco? If if in comparing Mitch Trubisky and Joe Flacco, um, answer, answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mitch is better than Flacco. Um, outside. Don't of, you dare say their I, skill I, players are better. I, Don't you dare of, say it. I, Outside of Allen Robinson, I would take Denzel Mims over anybody on the Bears. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I, if I mean, I, I don't know, man. I like it, it's just I I can't believe that there's like even a little bit of positivity right now. Like it's blowing my mind right now. Like it, it, there's so many we've talked about for the last four weeks how the, like it's it goes beyond the quarterback. There's nothing going right, but. All of a sudden, Mitch Trubisky, the guy who's been benched, a freaking is going to come in and, and, and turn everything around. Like I just yes, I, that's I exactly what we're saying. We have we have this evidence. I mean, this isn't just like I I don't know what the I mean. You can tell me, Chris, what's the reason why the Bears' offense looked like a good unit the first two weeks and first three weeks? Like, tell me why. Well, you know, let's I'm let's let's get the, the expectations correct. Let's not say good. Let's say at least yeah, average. That's yeah, average. Like, but that's like, all they for them. That's good. For them, that's good. Correct. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, it's. It, it, I, I just. I don't know if 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 they were even average. Like I really don't. Just the fact that they won the game doesn't mean that they were average. Like I. I mean, I don't. Look what the bar is for the Bears right now. You're gonna just, take 360 yards of offense any day of the week based off the way they've played the past four weeks. I will, of course. I of mean, course, I disagree but, with your statement, Chris, because I mean average we always said we said going into this year that an average offense gets you wins and we saw that and now look what's happened when the offense has fallen far below average you've lost four in a row so i would just i mean it may have not been pretty but they got the yards and they got the points to make them up to that bar i i don't know man i really don't know because all I'm saying is the energy was different when 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 Mitch got benched because there were a lot of people supporting it. So uh, I just like I don't know, man. I don't. Know. Well, I, I, think, I, can't. I think all I, of us on this show at the time of Mitch's benching, we all said that, and you know, I was the Foles guy coming into the season, and even I said that at that spot, that was kind of a that was kind of a BS place to pull him because it just shows that you were looking for the opportunity to. So. I, I just think I'm with Kevin. I think Mitch didn't get a fair shake. I thought that at the time. Um, so let's see if he can take that chip and just show us something for next year. He's a free agent. You could sign him to a one-year deal for the league minimum. And I, I mean, because yeah. I, 
I don't think anybody else is really going to be competing with you to sign Mitch Trubisky. So I, and he's obviously, he likes these guys. He likes being around the guys in that locker room. So I think he'd be willing to come back, especially if it means he gets to prove himself after playing these next six weeks or however many weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. If I'm being completely honest, I think the bears won that game last night with Mitch Trubisky. And I'd say they'd probably be seven and three if they had never benched Mitch Trubisky. And I truly do believe that. And I think that's honestly quite justifiable. I truly do. Um, and I, I think I, seven and three is low. I think you win last night. I think you win the Titans yeah. game. I think you probably win the Saints game. Yeah. Yeah, you probably do win that Saints game too. That's correct. So that, so there you go. Eight and two. With I would say you're probably eight, seven and three, eight and two with Mitch Trubisky. But here they are at five and five. And that decision is probably going to haunt this. I mean, I don't know if it'll haunt them, but you'll point back to that decision at the end of the year, whether they make the playoffs or not. And you'll say that was the biggest mistake they made this whole entire year. Um, And they'll make the biggest mistake of all time if they don't bring him back. If Foles is somehow healthy after the bye week uh, and Mitch is healthy as well and they put Foles in against the Packers, then you've just about done yourself in. But here's the thing. Here's the deal. Um. You know, I asked you this question about the playmakers because th- th- I don't want anyone to look at this offense and say, you know, I've had people, I've heard some, you know, Chicago sports radio, some people um, do their postgame shows, whatever, say, oh, you know, the Bears just don't have the, the skill players to get it done. They don't have the skill players. They don't have the playmakers. I, I, that to me is completely, that that's just unjustifiable in my opinion. You look at a lot of other teams who have done more with a lot less. Hence the Jets, hence even the Green Bay Packers, uh, outside from Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones. They have guys who are undrafted free agents. You look at other teams across the league, um, what the Patriots do with Jacoby Myers, an undrafted free agent who played quarterback in high school, uh, and the three running backs who they they have who are all late-round undrafted picks. I mean, guys, this is not about the skilled players they have. Uh, it's probably wasn't, more wasn't about Sony how Michelle you value a second-round pick. Uh, sorry, other than Shoney Michelle, because he's been injured. That's why I kind of didn't bring him up. They've they just been working with Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, and uh, their other guy. I forget his name, but the, all those guys were undrafted free agents. Shoney Michelle was a second-round pick. That is correct. Um, but here, here's the deal. I mean, th- what I'm looking at this game is it's in the third quarter. It's in the fourth quarter, and Ryan Nall is still on the football field. And I'm thinking, what the hell are we doing right. here? I watched one carry from Artavis Pierce to tell me enough as to why he should be the starting running back for this team, uh, at least while Dave Montgomery is out. I mean, it took one carry for me to see that, and it was a six-yard carry. But I saw burst, I saw explosiveness, and I saw speed, and I I said, man, that is refreshing. We haven't seen that. And yet here in the fourth quarter in critical moments when they still had a chance to go down and drive and win the game, it's Ryan Nall who's on the field as the running back. I mean, the player evaluation there just it makes no sense. You've got these guys here who have talent. Hey, you've got Lamar Miller who got on the field like five times and was only out there to receive the ball. Well, I mean, what, what are we doing here? Crazy. This is not about the skill players. This is, that was this is absurd. He didn't get one carry all day. Not one. I mean, this right. is not about the talent of these players. I don't want to hear anyone say they don't have the talent on the offensive side of the ball to be where they need to be. It's about the way they evaluate, the amount of snaps that these guys get, and the amount of opportunities that they get. Uh, and part of that does come from the quarterback. If I'm Allen Robinson, and I'm all these people who say, oh, if I were Allen Robinson, I, I would never sign back in Chicago. Well, let me tell you, the best case scenario for Allen Robinson here is Mitch Trubisky comes back and feeds in the ball. Because whether you like it or not, Mitch Trubisky gave Allen Robinson a hell of a lot more opportunities than Nick Foles has, especially uh, in the red zone. Listen, listen. 
if, especially if you in guys the red are zone. saying if you guys are saying all this about Mitch, then then I'm expecting five and one or better for, from these last six games. That's because exactly tell me what I'm team, expecting. Tell tell me one team other than Green Bay the Bears should lose. And if that's the exactly offense is saying. really gonna be that much better, then five and one and no less. That that's gonna yep. be my thing. I better see them win five out of these six games because otherwise, I mean, I, I look like it, it's just Allen Robinson. I mean, whether it's Mitch Foles, it doesn't really matter. He'd be absolutely insane to reset with this team. Insane. He can get whatever he's getting in Chicago elsewhere. Like, it, it's, I mean, I don't know how you can even argue with that. Like, the money, he can definitely get elsewhere. The targets, it's Allen Robinson. He can 100% get elsewhere. And he can probably fi- get that on top of winning if he signs with a contender. So, I don't know. I mean, unless they unless they tag him, but they're going to tag him at any point if he resigns. In my opinion, that's that's insane. He may have the opportunity. He may not have that choice if they tag him. If they just choose to tag him, he he could hold out. He could hold out. I'm just saying, like, if they decide not to or whatever, I I I think he'd be absolutely crazy. I I don't know. That's just me though. Well, here's the thing, like, and then yeah, these are winnable games. The fact of the matter is also that. Outside of that one miracle win against the Falcons, Mitch Trubisky gave you your highest amount of points, and that was in week one. So, and I agree. I think he gives Allen Robinson the ball more. Like Kevin said, the zip is there. But also, let's go back to the other issues. The coaching is still the issue here. Mm -hmm. Lamar Miller not getting a single carry is criminal. I think that is just criminal criminal activity uh, to give Cordell Patterson the majority of the carries there. Artavis Pierce to get three. That I mean, that's insane uh, person behavior. Um, I mean, Darnell Mooney only getting two targets. That's insane to me. That's absolutely crazy. Because here's the thing about the skill players, too. A lot of these guys, <clears throat> Darnell Mooney, we don't know what he could be. He's shown a lot of upside that you really like. I think Darnell Mooney could be a very solid number two type receiver that a lot of teams would want. I think Cole Komet could be a really good tight end that a lot of teams would want. Some of these, like those two guys especially, are not getting the opportunities to show what they truly have. Um, and Darnell Mooney has given the quarterback the opportunities. He just hasn't been able to receive those passes because they've been underthrown or overthrown or what have you. Um, Save with David Montgomery. I don't think he's gotten a fair shake because this offensive line has been through the meat grinder this year. And so you're not really seeing – I mean, last year, yes, was bad, but – I still think Dave Montgomery would show more and we'd be more confident in him if he had had a true offensive line to run behind, which granted, I think the offensive line didn't play too bad last night. They gave Foles a couple really mm-hmm. clean pockets that looked decent, uh, you know, getting once to, you know, get Cody Whitehair back, getting one starter back uh, gave you a lot more consistency on that offensive line. So I think that shows you something uh, to our points that we've been saying all year that the offensive line just needs consistency. They need the actual guys back, but <laughs> You know, about these skill players, oh, you know, Allen Robinson is the only one you would take. Well, yeah, of course, because he's the only one with the track record. None of these guys have had the opportunity to really make a career yet, especially, I mean, especially the two rookies. Uh, and Anthony Miller, I don't know, I, he's so weird. I, I don't get him. But uh, so maybe the ship has sailed on him. But everyone else, I think you can legitimately make a case that they just haven't had the opportunities to mm-hmm. make themselves known and make you say, oh, well, th- those are guys I would want to keep. Because Darnell Mooney, I think, is absolutely I would keep over a lot of teams' number two receiver. I just think you gotta you got to make those fixes. 
the quarterback has to be fixed. The offensive line has to play better. And the coaching, absolutely. You need a new coaching staff. You need new guys calling the plays that can actually scheme and not run a screen pass back-to-back with a chance to win the game. I'm do, so sick of these screen passes. I'm so sick think, of these screen passes. Do you guys think it's a guarantee that um, the, the staff gets fired, though? Unless you go 5-1 and one and make the playoffs, yes. I think even if you do, I really – I think even if you do – they're they're gone um i truly do believe that even if they do go five and one they're gone unless they win the super bowl or make the nfc championship if you go five and one and you get to uh you get past the wild card and past the divisional round and you get into the nfc championship somehow some way they'll stay but aside from that then i I don't think there's any any shot in hell yeah that's fair uh, I, I think I think this ownership and this, I think this team is delusional enough to think just a playoff berth is good enough. But uh, so that part, part of me wants them to go eight and eight because then you can clean house and give these players a real opportunity to have an actual playoff run next year. But, but also, I mean, yeah. if, if you get hot and you're hot and you get hot at the right time going to the playoffs, we've seen what can happen. So I don't know. It's really a double edged sword there, but I don't know. Um I want to talk about just what a star Roquan Smith is. He's, wow. I mean, oh. he's just absolutely turning into one of the best inside linebackers in the league right now. Right? I mean, am I crazy? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I, no. Not crazy. I mean, the, um, the dude, the dude's everywhere. Like he's all over the field yeah. making plays. Um, you know, I, I just can't believe we were at the, you know. The beginning of the season, we had people actually questioning Roquan Smith of all people, like, and it was just like, damn, man. And guys, I swear to God on everything. Yesterday, I was on Twitter, and I think it was um, Roquan Smith had just made like a big play, um, and then like one, like a media guy that I follow was literally made a poll. Like, timing of it was so weird too. I'm just like, what the hell was this guy thinking? But he was like. Has uh, he made a poll? Yes or no? Has Roquan Smith been a disappointment for a top ten pick? And I'm just looking at that. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? What are we really? What are we talking about here? Like, I, I just don't get it. I, I I could be, my eyes could be terrible. I mean, I do wear glasses, so my eyes could be terrible. I'm just watching a different Roquan Smith or something. But I mean, I, I can't believe like that's even a question. Like. Do you guys think that's even a debate? No. No, not at all. I mean, him being a disappointment for a top 10 pick, I don't know. I feel like he's – I mean, I feel like that pick was – you know, that's one of the few picks that, you know, Pace 100% gets credit for. So, I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Roquan Smith has had – is asinine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't know. And the timing of it, I was like, dude, he just like – like – tackle someone for a loss <laughs> like you know what i mean like right well, I, just... I think i think the reason is because you know he got hurt last year and he yeah. had kind of up and down year before that so i think people were kind of like oh well he can't stay on the field like what yeah what's going on here like why can't we we can't count on him so what the hell so yeah i think it's just one of those things but i mean you look you look at his game log and i mean it's It'd say he's had double-digit tackles each of the last three games. He's had at least eight solo tackles in each of those three games. He's had one sack last night and a sack the week before. I mean, he's just he's going nuts. It's great. I mean, you love to see it. He is absolutely blossoming into a star. 
before our very eyes. And you just, you truly love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think our over under at, at the beginning of the year, we said, um, I think 150 tackles was our over under for him or, or like some, I think it was our bold prediction or something. And I think we came to consensus that, uh, I think I said he was going to go over that and, or, or maybe it wasn't 150. It was like 150 and he would like be in the top three of the league in tackles. Right now, he, I think, is leading the league or in the top three in tackles, in total tackles. So that over-under in that bull prediction. Yeah, I think he's tied, tied at first. the top. I mean, that that is about to come true. Um, I mean, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, he looks like the best player on this defense right now. I also want to say, as we're talking about the defense and some of these other guys on the front seven, what in the hell is Robert Quinn doing? I mean, Cole Komet had more tackles than, than Robert Quinn last night. Um, I don't... I it's I don't know guys I mean I don't know I really have no idea and it's really frustrating I mean this is a guy you are paying a lot of money um you, you are expecting production he's getting one on ones you have Khalil Mack on the other side and you have Akeem Hicks who's in there in the middle he's not getting double teamed and triple teamed there's no excuses for him not to get to the quarterback based on the production he's had in the past based on the amount of money you are paying him you are paying him to get after the quarterback and provide pressure and not allow some of these guys to get these dumb little five yard not allow Kirk Cousins to have as much time as he did last night it makes it's 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 baffling and i have no explanation for it i don't know if you guys have an explanation for it but it's really really quite concerning because you are not at all getting the value that you expected out of robert quinn yeah i mean at this rate i I mean could you even argue that keeping leonard floyd would have been a a better option because i mean after his performance last weekend yes i I mean don't, don't get me wrong like I was all for Robert Quinn over Leonard Floyd, and I wanted Leonard Floyd out too. But like, just looking back at it now, like, like if if you, if your answer to that question is um, yes, Leonard Floyd, then we are in deep crap because we are paying Robert Quinn a lot of money, and he's honestly not done anything. I mean, like, I I don't think that's insane to say like he's I I don't even like sometimes I forget he's even playing and that's exactly what I was saying about Floyd like last couple years so um yeah it seems like not much has changed there I I I don't know I'm pretty sure we have an out after year two I believe it's two yeah yeah so I mean at this rate uh, looking like that's gonna come into effect because I don't know what the hell he's doing out there um, I, I and I don't know if it's maybe Pagano, like just not knowing where to use him right, or I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like he is just it's that situation is really weird because I feel like I haven't heard anything from Robert Quinn all year. Yeah, so Robert Quinn, I mean he he has one sack and the and it came in week two against the Giants. He's got six solo tackles, and that's. Basically zero tackles for loss, three QB hits, not zero one force fumble against the Giants. Oh, excuse me, two. He had one against the Rams. Well, two force fumbles. Um, so yeah, not doing a whole lot. He all he had was one QB hit last night. Uh, no tackles, no tackles for loss, nothing last night except for one QB hit. Whoop de doo. Big big uh positive that was for the Bears. So not exactly looking like the player he was in Dallas, more so looking more like the player he was in Miami and in L.A. And 
So, yeah, I mean, great stuff, really cool. Things are going really well for all that money. Meanwhile, Leonard Floyd had three sacks in one game last weekend. So that's cool. Which, by the way, well, just to circle back, if the coaching staff goes, Ryan Pace is also gone. We're all uh, agreed on that, right? Yeah. Like, in terms of – I would, yeah. I would, oh, yeah. I would. I mean, he's not. He, I mean, if this team finishes outside of the playoffs, like I said, like we were saying, in the event that the coaching staff gets canned, Ryan Pace is likely also gone because there is no way you can give that man another first round pick, especially if it's going to be a quarterback. Yeah, I, no. I don't know, man. It, it's like I've defended Ryan Pace for so long, but I mean, it, it's just like I feel like it's just it's almost reaching a point where you just kind of have to do it. Um, because like, you know, the questions keep getting raised and, um, you know, like, let's be real. He, he's done some good for sure, but I mean, like the bad is really bad. And we've talked about that in the past and, you know, is it going to come like that? The fact that he's done, you know, the, the bad, I feel like he's going to come back stronger and stronger, you know, as his team keeps losing. So, yeah, I I think it might just reach a point where it's just going to have to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, and I, I'm not as upset about that as maybe I would have been uh, even just a few weeks ago. You know, sometimes it's it's just refreshing to maybe see something new um, and, you know, a different way to have things operate. Uh, it's just, man, it's, it's just really frustrating to see some of these guys not perform. Um, and, you know, again, I, I just can't get over, and I know I already brought this up, I just can't get over you know, what's going on, well, you know, not just with Artavis Pierce, but with Lamar Miller, uh, with Darna Mooney, with Cole Komet, um, with even sometimes Robert Quinn and not him being on the field as much as he should. Um, just some of these guys not getting opportunities. I think out of all of the things that bother me about this team, that is what bothers me most. And I think I've come to that conclusion. That is what bothers me most. You're not even giving some of these guys the opportunity to show what they have. Uh, and that's what Jake brought up. But you, you it's just, man, like, I don't want to compare the Bears to every other team in the NFL, but that's kind of what I'm going to do because you look at some of these other teams uh, who take guys who are exactly like Artavis Pierce or exactly like Lamar Miller. You know, oh, guys who haven't been in the league a few years, give them another opportunity. Undrafted free agents, okay, give you your opportunity. James Robinson right now, undrafted free agent from Jacksonville, uh, has, I believe, the most scrimmage yards since week two or something uh, of any player in the NFL, and he's an undrafted free agent. Well, you know, what if you gave Artavis Pierce that opportunity? I mean, you got, we don't even know. We don't even know. And it's just, you know, the ineptitude for them week after week to not recognize that and not even give these guys a chance when things are already at the, the, the lowest they can be. I think that is really what bothers me the most because it feels like we're in jail here, man. It feels like we're in jail and we don't have the keys to get out. I mean, it, like, and, and that's quite frankly is probably what Artavis Pierce feels like. That quite frankly is probably what Cole Komet feels like. It's probably what Lamar Miller feels like. And they're thinking the same exact things we're thinking. Why the hell am I not getting an opportunity? I'm putting the work in practice. I'm coming in day in, day out. And Ryan Nall's not doing anything more than I am, yet he's getting he's getting all the opportunities to be on the field. So I don't get it, guys. But I think, I don't know what you guys think, that of all the things that bother me about what the decision and, and the decisions that this coaching staff and whether it comes out of the front office or not, and the decisions that they have made, that right there is the one thing that should bother all Bears fans more than any other decision that is made is that right there. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, I, I'm happy you brought that up because I was going to towards the end of this episode. But, you know, it, it's it's almost shameful. Like, you know, Kev, you asked me that question about uh, do the Bears have better skills 
players than the Jets? And and honestly, like, do we even know the answer to that question? Like, because I I feel like you know we're we're kind of almost speculating on who these players are because we honestly haven't seen enough. We we just haven't. Like, right. you you brought up all those guys, Kevin, and and the worst one in my opinion is Riley Ridley. Like, the guy has done mm-hmm. nothing nothing wrong like he's done nothing on the field to where i'm like okay like he deserves to be a healthy scratch and yet he's been a healthy scratch damn near every week and he just now got to start playing and i mean they're not even using him so i don't even think he got targeted yesterday so no nope. um nope. yeah i mean i i, I it really speaks and that's a fourth it. round pick that's not even like a fourth javon wims situation exactly. where he was a seventh round pick that's exactly. a fourth round pick that's someone you expect to be a contributor and, and, like, I've used that same argument for Javon Wynn. So, like, you know, you're talking about a fourth rounder now. Like, the same right. thing's happening to him. It's like, I don't get it, man. And, and at first, like, you know, I, I think last – a lot of people were in the boat of, like, okay, um, you know, Matt Nagy just won coach of the year. If he's making these decisions, like, it's probably for a reason. But mm-hmm. I think now people are starting to realize, like, okay, like, this is kind of – Getting a little bit ridiculous. So. You, you can no longer give Nagy the benefit of the doubt. He exactly. is—he has totally thrown away that privilege. He does exactly. not deserve that privilege anymore. Uh, so you absolutely—he's absolutely in a boat where you can question every single decision that is made on his end. Um, let's uh, let's just humor some people, and by some people I mean Josh Lyles because I know he's definitely no. listening to this, waiting for this. Uh, no. I already know what's going to be said. Jordan Howard is a free agent now He's on the open market. Um, oh, man. Thoughts on bringing Jordan Howard back to Chicago to reunite with this team where he's had the most success in his career, had a thousand yard rushing season. Thoughts on bringing Jordan Howard, the former bear back to Chicago. I Running love back. Jordan Howard. Just for the people I, that are confused. I love Jordan Howard to death, but please don't bring him back. Please. Oh. Please, Josh Lyles, we love you, man. Uh, we know how much you love Jordan Howard, but that man should not be a Chicago Bear. He's got 28 carries this year for how many yards? How many yards? 33. 28 carries for 33 yards. And we have people seriously saying that he's going to come to the Chicago Bears and, and turn the offense around and change the running. What are we talking about here? Guys, yeah. how many times have we said here on this podcast, can we just see a guy with a little bit of speed? We've got the bruiser in David Montgomery. You got another kind of a bruiser guy in Cordell Patterson where he's got a little bit of both, you know, but he'll run into guys. But, man, I mean, uh, Jordan Howard is not coming here and running for 100 yards a game. It's not happening. Uh, I would much rather see our Tavis Pierce and Lamar Miller out there than Jordan Howard. Uh, sorry, Josh. There is no scenario where this happens. None. Yeah, I, I mean that like this this type of running back just isn't gonna work anymore. I don't think like unless you're Derrick Henry or I mean I don't know James Robinson is kind of a, a bigger back too, but I mean like running backs like that usually don't last very long. So yeah, just get me someone who can kind of you know move. So. I actually wouldn't be super opposed to this. Uh, I mean, no. if it's for, if it's for uh, the cheapest you can get him, I don't think anybody's going to be you know rushing out to sign Jordan Howard. So I think you could get him for whatever the minimum is. Uh, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't hate it. He's 26 still. 
He had two th- over a thousand yard seasons here. Another that was just under a thousand. I wouldn't hate bringing him into the mix and just seeing if he does have anything left in the tank. Uh, because I mean, because what are your other options? Keep going with Cordell Patterson. Obviously you'd like to see Lamar Miller, but I just don't know if Nagy's going to do that. So maybe he does go backwards and say, Oh, Hey, I know this guy. Unfortunately, that's this, uh, the fact of the matter, the reality of the situation. Um, unfortunately though, I don't see it happening because even if you do sign him, it's not like he's going to be on the field a lot because you're playing all of these games from behind and he has almost zero receiving ability. So basically just bringing him in to sit on the sidelines then past the midway point of the first quarter. So I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's realistic though. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, and honestly we're better off. I mean, you have a better back in Lamar Miller. It's just effective if you use him. So I I wouldn't completely hate it. I wouldn't be super opposed to it, but I'd rather just see Lamar Miller for the rest of the year. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. I think I'm I'm with that too. Um, I just roll with what you have, I guess. Let me tell you. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I I was done. No, I I just want to say, uh, I honestly, you know, as we're doing this hypothetical, I would rather see a tandem of two guys I would rather see Artavis Pierce and Lamar Miller than Jordan Howard and Dave Montgomery as a tandem. Yeah. And I could not be more serious. I really couldn't. Um, and I, and you guys know the reasons as to why I think that way. It's because of the whole speed and explosiveness thing. Uh, I'm addicted to it. Jordan Howard is literally the polar opposite of it. Will he get you a touchdown at the one-yard line? Hell yeah, he will. Good for him. When he gets to the one-yard line, the man is getting in the end zone. <laughs> But they got to get there first. That's fair. They're, they're, they're literally using Jordan Howard like he's freaking like Garrett Blunt. Like yeah, no, that's oh. exactly like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Like, where, how the hell did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's where you're at. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Josh. I just don't see it happening. Um, do you guys have any any last comments before we wrap it up? Um, yeah. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. One. Um. You know, football is about momentum, and about the and when it comes to the Chicago Bears, their energy and the momentum di- dictates whether they'll win the football game or not. And the Dwayne Harris punt ruined that game for them. I mean, uh, the the muffed punt rather ruined that game for them. It really did. Uh, the situation there was right after Khalil or Cordero Patterson had gone up and got the kick return. Vikings got the ball, first drive. I think the Bears held him to a uh, right there, held him to a three and out. Then the Vikings were punting to Dwayne Harris. Bears would have, if, if Dwayne Harris doesn't muff that punt, they would have had an opportunity to drive down the field, score a touchdown. They probably wouldn't have done that, but at least get points and put that game and make it a two-score game. And with this defense, if the Bears had gone up just two scores, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, I would have considered that game just about over, the way that defense was playing and the way that momentum was shifting immediately out of the half because of that quarter of Harrison kick return. You muff that punt. Momentum goes away, and at that very moment, I knew to myself, although they didn't even score a touchdown on that drive, I knew to myself the Bears were screwed. I knew it was over yep. after that moment once they lost yep. that momentum. goes yep. to show what I'm trying to get at is when this team does have the momentum, they are very, very, very hard to beat. And it is very, very hard to get that momentum back against this defense unless the Bears do make those self-inflicted wounds. And a lot of times in the past, these past weeks, that has come from penalties. Tonight, or last night, rather, sorry, 
one penalty all game, and it came in like the first five minutes when Danny Trevathan jumped off sides. Other than that, zero penalties, good on that end. But this team, it's all about momentum. It's all about energy. That Dwayne Harris punt really screwed up the momentum. And that, when you look at the reason why they lost this game, you can point to a whole bunch of things. But that particular play was a game-changing moment that if that play had not happened, I would say confidently the Bears would have won that game. You know, you know what makes all of this so much worse for me? Like, it's just the fact that, you know, I was watching that game yesterday and the entire time, like, it was just running through my head. I'm just like, holy shit, the Vikings suck. Like, the <laughs> Vikings are bad. Like, they are a bad football team. And, like, their fans yesterday were just, you know, celebrating, acting like, you know, their defense is dominant when it's like, in the back of my mind, I know it's the Bears kind of just the offense does this against anybody, so the defense doesn't really matter. But it was just like that game, I, the fact that it was so winnable and it was against a team that's just not good, like it, it, in in my mind, I was just like, oh, my God, like that is just that's a terrible result. Like, holy crap. Yeah, right. So, well, yeah, Kev, no, Kevin's right. That that muffed punt was <sighs> I mean, especially after what the previous play that had happened on offense or not on offense, but you know what I mean? But yeah, that was, that was tough. That was tough to watch. So here's the deal. As we kind of wrap it up here, if you want to find optimism, which I always will, I'll give it to you. Um, The bears still have the third easiest schedule remaining. We kind of broke it down. We said there is a chance they go five and one with the only game losing. uh, They will lose being to the Packers, probably one of them. Right. I think that's what we can kind of conclude there. Uh, is if they were to go 5-1, and one, they would you know, beat the Lions again, beat the Vikings again, beat the Jaguars, beat the Texans, beat the Packers once, and lose to the Packers once. That is kind of the scenario that we're looking at there, correct? Sure, yeah. So, yeah. so here's what you guys still have to understand. Uh, and by guys, I mean you know, all Bears fans that are listening here. As bad as the Bears played yesterday, offensively, they still had numerous opportunities to win that game in the fourth quarter. So what I'm saying is going forward, even if when Mitch Trubisky comes in there, this team is going to have a chance to still win every game. Somehow, some way, they are going to have an opportunity, and there will be one moment in the game, late in the game, where there will be an opportunity for them to win. So there is a chance this team makes the playoffs. Is it unlikely? Maybe. However, if they do expand the playoffs to eight teams, that becomes a lot more likely. They could go 9-7, and seven, maybe even 8-8, eight and eight and make the playoffs if those playoffs are expanded. But even if they aren't, this team only has to go 5-1. and one. They won't sneak in at 9-7. and seven. They will sneak in at 10-6. and six. They will sneak in at 11-5 and five if they go 6-0. and oh. But 5-1 and one is a very, very realistic scenario. Matt Nagy has been in this situation before. But no matter what you say about him, when he was an offensive coordinator in Kansas City, they were 1-5, ended up winning 10 in a row, I believe, ended up going 11-5, and five, making the playoffs. He's been in this situation before. Eddie Jackson's a leader in the locker room. These guys know how to respond to adversity. There's a lot of bad things and a lot of things going wrong about this team. With that being said, there is opportunity and there is a chance for this team to go 5-1, and one, finish 10-6, and six, and get into the playoffs where once you get there with this defense, anything can happen. I think we all kind of know that. So there is a glimmer of hope. There is a glimmer of optimism. So you have to talk about the struggles. You have to talk about the bad things. You have to criticize where criticism is due. But with that being said, there is a chance, there is hope, and there is opportunity. So two weeks from now, against Green Bay on Sunday night, 
your TV better be on watching the Chicago Bears because they're going to have an opportunity to win. And it's going to be the same story for all the other games going forward. They will have a chance to win that football game, whether you like it or not. So I'm not giving up full hope yes yet. Let's ride it. Mitch is back. Let's go. It's end game now. Well, we assume, we assume Mitch is back. We we want Mitch to be back. Let's not let's not say this is a foregone foregone conclusion yet. Sure. Because yeah, with this coaching sure. staff, I, <laughs> whew, uh. I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be shocked if if they didn't turn to Mitch because I feel like this is, in a way, almost another another way for Nagy to kind of save himself. So I feel like he's just going to pull out all the, you know, tricks that he has available to him. And it's like, you know, you keep flip-flopping quarterbacks. Like, dude, I mean, I don't have quarterbacks. What do you want me to do? Like, you know, and and I know like, like a lot of people won't even buy that because he wanted Foles this and that, but it's like, I'm kind of thinking of it from his perspective. And it's like the stuff that, you know, stuff that he can almost hide behind um, in a way to kind of like defend himself. So, yeah, I, I think, I'd be shocked if they didn't turn to Mitch. Yeah, that's where you're at. I mean, I would be too. I mean, you, you, you're rooting for them to turn to Mitch, but I mean, Oh boy. I don't know. Great season. Really, really good stuff happening. Um, yeah. After four straight losses. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, he's coaching for his job right now, so we'll see what happens. They have the buy much, much, much needed buy to get the mind, right. Get things. Maybe guys get a little healthier, you know, Mitch obviously being at the top of that list, um, you know, some of the offensive linemen maybe getting a little more healthy, getting some more practices in. So we'll see what happens. You needed this by it, it comes at just the right time. You could stop the bleeding for at least a week. And then you come out against the Packers on Sunday night football. So weird, weird team, weird season. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see what changes are made, if any, uh, in two weeks. But as always, thank you guys for sticking with us, listening to the show. We know it is not easy to hear about, the the struggles the trials and tribulations of this team so we appreciate you listening taking time out of your day to listen to us so thank you to the listeners and as always bear down bear down bear down